Welcome to the Bible Education Institute. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today, we are going to talk about Benjamin Rush, who is one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence. And right after that, we're going to talk about free will. Uh, Benjamin Rush lived from 1745 to 1813, was a physician, signer of the Declaration of Independence, father of public schools, and a principal promoter of the American Sunday School Union. He also served as a Surgeon General of the Continental Army, helped write the Pennsylvania Constitution, and, and was the treasurer of the U.S. Mint in 1786. Dr. Benjamin Rush established the first free medical clinic and later helped found the first American anti-slavery society in 1798. After the adoption of the Constitution, Benjamin Rush declared, the only foundation for a republic is to be laid in religion. Without this, there can be no virtue, and without virtue, there can be no liberty, and liberty is the object and life of all republican governments. In his work, Essays, literary, moral, and uh, philosophical published in 1798, Dr. Benjamin Rush stated, I know there is an objection among many people to teaching children doctrines of any kind because they are liable to be controverted, but let us not be wiser than our maker. If moral precepts alone could have reformed mankind, the mission of the Son of God into all the world would have been unnecessary. The perfect morality of the gospel rests upon the doctrine which, though often controverted, has never been refuted. I, I mean the vicarious life and death of the Son of God. Benjamin Rush described himself, I have alternately been called an aristocrat and a democrat. I am neither. I am a Christocrat. During his final illness, Benjamin Rush wrote to his wife, My excellent wife, I must leave you, but God will take care of you by the mystery of thy holy incarnation by the holy nativity by thy baptism fasting and temptation by thine agony and bloody sweat by the cross and passion by the precious death and burial by thy glorious resurrection and ascension and by the coming of the holy ghost bless jesus wash away all my impurities and receive me into thy everlasting kingdom the funny part is, uh, when I was uh, looking up for some information, I happened to uh, to come across uh, Wikipedia, and uh, nowhere in Wikipedia could you find, under Benjamin Rush, uh, life information, anything about his true Christian faith. They just kind of brushed over it to where, like, oh yeah, he was a Christian, that was it, you know. But no, there's more to it than that. Our founding, founding fathers... Uh, those who signed the Declaration of Independence and some who also signed the 
the Constitution, they were godly men. And uh, they knew the Bible. I've said this before in other uh, podcasts and stuff. But they were godly individuals. You see, over the years, there's been a concerted effort to sanitize anything to do with God, you know, or to to completely erase anything to do with God and call them deist, you know, which is a lie. Because they were not deists. They believed in God, period, in a conversation. Because that's what kept them, because they knew when they signed the Declaration of Independence that that they could have been, uh, they could die if they lost the war or if they were captured, you know. In fact, uh, many of them suffered at the hands of the British uh, because they became, uh, right away, then they became wanted men uh, by the British. And uh, a lot of them suffered. They, the houses were burnt. Some of, not all of them, but some of the houses were burnt. They suffered. They lost everything they had, you know, because they, uh, they pledged their, uh, their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor. And a lot of them never even made it to the after the war because of all the different troubles and stuff they were in. Then, uh, you know, some just got sick and died or whatever happened. But they suffered. But why would you do that if you don't believe in God? What's the point of everything, you know? Why are you going to suffer and go through all that for what? There's got to be something that sustains you. There's got to be a higher power that gives you the strength you need to continue. So that's why I know it's uh, it's nothing but lies. And when you read, when you go to the actual writings, then you find that's exactly what it was, that there were true, staunch Christians who believed in God. Uh, they knew that God worked in their lives daily. They knew the mercies of God and everything else. But you have people that hate God, you know, and uh, so therefore anybody who believes in God, they hate them. And they hate our nation because our nation was founded on God. And that's why we're going through all the, the troubles and the trials we're going through today. And rightfully so, because the churches have failed. We have churches that just won't preach the truth. Or if you have some that do preach the truth and the truth, and then somewhere down the road it starts getting watered down and they just fall into line with the rest of them who don't. It, it just becomes a big social club, you know. Uh, then you got some who won't even do that. You know, it, it, it's ridiculous. Um, there are good churches. You know, it's it's kind of getting hard to find, but there are good Bible-believing, teaching churches because they have good Bible-believing, strong pastors who's who's biblical. That is, they have a biblical worldview, not a secular worldview. So a lot of them are turning in, in, in to secularism. Just like our major colleges right now, um, well, a lot of them, just about all of them have fell into the uh, the secular view and the rejection of God. But the two that were um, that were created specifically for ministers to be a uh, divinity school to teach you know ministers about the Bible. Um, some of them were, uh, you have one, uh, Harvard and Yale and some of the other ones that were originally made for that. But through the years, of course, you get watered down and now you just have a godless, godless institution, which, um, which some of the founding fathers were 
uh, 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 very uh, worried about because they knew how mankind is and what always happens you know as the years go by and then people they change and, and you have different leaders and they get watered down and sure enough um because like harvard come along uh, right before the um a few years before the civil war they had become starting to become anti-god and then there was a big revival right before that just like there was a big revival right before the revolutionary war you know that revived people and got them close to God and um, they were willing to give everything up for for God but that's what it's going to take okay now we're going to talk about free will I'm going to read to you uh, from the Old Testament Deuteronomy chapter 30 verses 11 through 29 and um, it speaks about well, you'll understand as I read it. It's the King James, but it's, uh, it gives you the full effect. And here's what it says. Uh, it says, uh, the topic is God gives gives us free will to choose. And the topic is the, the offer of life and death. And this was God saying to the people. Verse 11 says, Now what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. Verse 12, it is not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. Verse 13, nor it is beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. Verse 14, no the word is very near you it is in your mouth and in your heart so you may obey it verse 15 see i set before you today life and prosperity the death and destruction verse 16 for i command you today to love the lord your god to walk in obedience to him and to keep his commands decrees and laws then you will live and increase and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. Verse 17. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, verse 18, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess verse 19 this day i call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that i have set before you life and death blessings and curses now choose life so that you and your children may live verse 20 and that you may love the lord your god listen to his voice and hold fast to him for the lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give you your father abraham isaac and jacob now this is the same for everybody you know if you choose god you choose life if you don't choose god then you go choose death but also the curses that goes with that but if you follow god then you get the blessings yes life's hard Bad things happen, all kind of stuff happens, 
but you have the blessings of the mercy of God um, once you come to Christ realizing you've broken God's moral law of the Ten Commandments then you understand that we all have failed we've all have broken God's moral law that we need a Savior because we can't save ourselves and just like I hear people say all the time uh, people are basically good no they're not they're evil and uh, and then the book of Jeremiah uh, which I've stated before says in there that the heart is desperately wicked who can know it you know so we need to get over ourselves then like uh, like I read last time in first uh, Corinthians chapter 1 through chapter 2 and it speaks about where we have to humble ourselves to God. People don't want to humble themselves. They want to hold their pride and they want to come in an arrogant form and make God come down to us. Well, God did come, but you have to go his way. God came to earth and he paid the price through Jesus Christ, his son, which is God in the flesh. But we have to humble ourselves before God, realizing that we deserve hell. Okay, and hell is a place not just separated from God. Yes, you're separated from God, but you will be tormented and you will be burning and you'll have a special body that will never burn up, but you can feel all the pain. And we're in a place where you can hardly breathe because it's a place that has sulfur. And you'll be thirsty beyond anything you've ever experienced where you could never have anything to drink you just suffer and suffer for eternity forever and ever and ever now you can say well a loving God wouldn't do that well no you're wrong because if you go because if a, a worldly judge here on earth uh, has a, somebody who's killed two little girls uh, raped them kill them and or cut their throat whatever you would expect justice right so if he was a good judge, he'd have to judge them and punish them. And it's the same with God, where we get our laws from, which is the Bible. So, so God the Father, he is a holy God, a righteous God. And he's a God that we should have reverent fear for. Because not only can he destroy the body, but he can also destroy the soul. In hell, and put you in hell. But also because he is a good God, he has to judge us because he is a good and righteous God. Because our righteousness does not meet God's righteous criteria. We don't even come close to it. We can't even keep the Ten Commandments. And uh, plus in the Old Testament law, there's also 613 more precept rules to follow besides that and there's no way that we can we can keep anything because we're evil so you need to get off of that stuff of making excuses well if God did this was well, like this the reason why you feel that because you've created God in your own mind that's okay with everything you do which is again one of the Ten Commandments you will not make another God which we all have in our own minds whether you realize it or not who's okay with everything we do we're good but if somebody else does something, we're quick to want to say something to them or get mad at them or whatever, but we don't see what we do. And there goes the problem right there. 
So I say, well, how do I get right with God? Or how or how do I come to God? Well, let's take let's see how good of a person you are. Let's take the good person test. Have you ever lied? Don't matter how long ago, if you're a child or whatever, remember everything's in the past. What I just said is now in the past. So you only have to lie one time, and you're guilty, according to the word of God, you're guilty of all the law. If you break one, you break them all. That's how it works. Um, have you ever stole anything? That means take anything that wasn't yours or borrow something you never brought back, or don't matter how much it costs, or anything it could be a paper clip, a rubber band, it doesn't matter. Remember, God's law, God's righteousness is higher than our righteousness. That's how it works. So right there, there's two. Three, have you ever looked at another person with lust? According to, to Jesus, he says you already committed adultery in your heart. That's three. Um, have you ever hated anybody? According to according to the Bible, if you hate someone, you've committed murder in your heart already. So you see how it works. We look at things different. See, man looks at himself completely different from God. God's ways are not our ways. That's why we must come to God and do things His way because He's a holy and righteous God. See, we think we're holy and righteous when we're not. There you go, the problem. So now that you realize that you've broken God's moral law, you're guilty. If you were to die today and be judged by uh, God's Ten Commandments, would you be would you be Guilty or innocent? You would be guilty. Some people say, oh, I'll still be innocent. Somehow, somewhere I'm going to go. God forgives all sin. That's not how it works. That's just part of it. We have to come, humble ourselves before God with a sorrowful heart, knowing that we've broken God's moral law, the Ten Commandments. We're guilty. Then humbling ourselves and asking God to forgive us of all our sins, which is law-breaking, iniquity. That's what all that means, that we've broken God's moral law. Therefore, we're guilty, and we need to come and ask for forgiveness, ask for mercy from God, and then to put the trust that we have in ourselves to Christ alone, as if we were in a plane that was about to crash and we had a parachute. That parachute is going to save us from the jump to come, so we hold on to it, and no matter what anybody says, nothing's going to take that away from us, because it's going to save us. That's what Jesus does. Jesus saves us from the jump to come, because... When he was on the cross, he said one thing before he died, when he had tortured and everything. He said, it is finished, which, which means he paid the price that we should be paying. So we can come by faith, believing, but remember, if you reject God, he rejects you. That's how it works. Hey, he gives you free will. You can live any kind of way you want to, but when you die, you got to pay. So you can have the mercy of God. Or you can have the judgment of God in hell, being separated from God, where you buy yourself being tortured, being burned up, and going through all that stuff forever and ever. And we're so horrific of nothing we've ever experienced on earth, no matter how bad the worst thing is on earth. Is that worse? And that's forever and ever with the same mind that you have of all the time you could have come to Christ and didn't and rejected it. So it's up to you. You know, if you want to continue down that road of rejecting God, I don't believe in God, I don't like this, that's on you. But remember, um, 
just as somebody had to make buildings that we see and we go into and live in and houses, whatever, somebody designed it and somebody built it. It's the same for this world. The trees, the grass, the mountains, the water, the puppy dogs, the kitty cats, and all the animals or whatever, somebody created that. It just didn't pop up over thousands of years and all this. That's another lie from Satan that people are so gullible. Then the funny part is, the ones who believe in, who call themselves the atheists and believe in evolution where we came from monkeys and thousands and millions of years and all this stuff, right? They, you know, especially some of those who are promoting that or teaching that or whatever, they think they're so smart when really they're not. Because if you're not serving God, then, then the Bible calls you a fool. So you're actually foolish and you're, you really don't know much of anything. You think you do, but you really don't. Isn't that sad? So let me give you some scripture to go along with what I just told you. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. James chapter 2, verse 10. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Uh, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10 and 13. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made of salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There you go. That's what the word of God says. So you can believe it or you can reject it. It's totally up to you. Uh, let me give you some uh, uh, resources that will help you. And I would, the first thing I want to tell you to do is, is to watch on YouTube 23 Minutes in Hell with Bill Wise. It'll wake you up and blow your mind. Uh, you can watch on YouTube and learn and also go to the websites. Living Waters with Ray Comfort, livingwaters.com, Answers in Genesis with Cam Ham, Answers in Genesis.org, Wild Builders with David Barton, wildbuilders.com, and um, he does all the American uh, uh, Christian materials and all the family followers and, and all the uh, stuff that's going on. And you can find that there. And let me see. And Dr. Walter Martin, waltermartin.com. Definitely teach about the Word of God. Um, then if uh, if you would like, if you go down below the video of the podcast, um, you'll see down there, and if you're on YouTube, you, uh, please click and su subscribe, hit the bell. And also, if you want to give the donations, you can go to where, it's, uh, where it has a link there to be able to do that. You can just pay online. Um, if you like to write us oh uh, yeah also uh, right now you can go to Facebook and then uh, YouTube also if you put in your Kirk Cameron and he's doing a, um, a campfire revival on Facebook and it's live every day for about 10-15 minutes something like that it's really great he's in a uh, he does it with a campfire and everything it's really cool and it's called the hundred day plan and it's really fantastic. I think we're on day 65 or 66 now. But you can go back and watch all of them. They're real great. You can uh, watch them on the Facebook or go on YouTube and do that. Um, so I really suggest that. That is fantastic going on right now. 
And um, and uh, today is the 28th of March, and it's Sunday, so yeah, it's really great. Um, and also, if you want to email us, uh, you can write us at uh, Bible Education Institute at gmail.com. Our website is Bible, it's all lowercase, uh, Bible.education, uh, excuse me, Bible Education Institute.webnode.com. And of course, the email is all lowercase also. So, there you go. If I could. If we can help you in any way, uh, and also if you need Bibles, you can also go to uh, you can go to thrift books, A books, Amazon, stuff like that for Bibles, books, whatever. Uh, so you can you can catch us on YouTube and our uh, podcast platforms are Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple. And we discuss you know different things. I try to put a little history in there and um, a message. And there's also some of the older ones that just messages. Um, and you can also, a great resource also is if you can put in your search engine, TCT Network. And it's online. It's a, a satellite television. But you can also get it there. You can get on demand the videos they have. They're fantastic. And the two I promote is Faith and History with William Federer. And also Ancient Jewish Wisdom with Rabbi Daniel Lappin. Fantastic. Good stuff. So... I wouldn't wait about getting so far out of God because you could die at any moment. Did you know that, that 100,000 people die every 24 hours around the world? That's a lot of people, and you could be in that number. We just don't know. You know, there's so many ways to die. So I would say do it and do it now. Get it done. And one of the most important is to get into the Word, the word of God, read, read the Bible daily without fail and do what it says. And that's how you do it. Or it's like no Bible, no breakfast, no read, no feed. You know, because that's what spiritually keeps us going. If you don't know God, then it's like being a stranger and walking up to a stranger's house and knocking on the door and saying, hey, here's my suitcase. I'm just going to move on in. They're going to tell you to get lost. I don't know you. And that's what God's going to tell you. So I don't know you. Depart from me. You workers of iniquity. That's what it says. Or you or Iniquity is sin, you know, law breaking, breaking God's moral law. So do it and do it now and until the next time.